Hello, welcome back. So in today's show, I'm going to talk about something that I've been trying to explain to people for a while now, but I'm going to try to, in this show, break it down fully um, and explain a little bit why you want to think about doing this. So basically what I'm going to talk about today is there is a way to pay your bills and with that same exact money, invest, right? And that sounds crazy because it's like, all right, Let's say I have a bill that's $10. Let's say I have a bill that's $10. I mean, $100. Let's do $100. And I pay that bill, $100. How could I invest if I just spent that $100? This is where people leverage, right? So imagine you can borrow off of that $100 and use that to pay the money, to pay the bill. And then invest that original hundred dollars. So, okay, let's, let's go through the process. I guess, um, before we get there, let's go through the sponsors. First of all, retire your bills, retireyourbills.com where I show people how to do this and I teach them how to do it. And I give them a one-on-one call to make sure they're doing it correctly. And then of course we got MetaBronx. MetaBronx is my startup accelerator where we help accelerate startups and we bring youth from the community to get um, apprenticeships in those startups. And then of course we got dot hip hop dot hip hop is a domain TLD, which means you can have your own dot hip hop. So I can have Miguel Sanchez dot hip hop. I don't, I should get one of the, I got merch. I own merch dot hip hop though, which I plan on doing something cool with eventually, but you could also get your own dot hip hop URL. All right. So those are the sponsors. Um, okay. So now you can pay your, you can pay your bills and you can use that same money to invest. How? All right, let's start the process. The first step is you have to use crypto. Crypto is the only way this is possible, right? So when you know, when you learn about crypto, you learn the reason it was created was to operate outside of the current norms of the finance system and the government's control of money. So what that means is there's a decentralized world where there's no real tie to governments um, or traditional banks. So when I say you need to take your, you need to create your own bank, what I'm saying is you need to create an area where you can put money that you, that you make into an area where they, no one can touch it and you can do whatever you want with it, your own bank. What banks do that is different than just holding your own money is they lend money out versus regular people. It's very hard for people to lend money out. It's not a good thing. You give somebody money and then you got to hope they give it back, right? Well, what cryptocurrency and decentralized finance has figured out is there's a way through code to make sure people give it back. So here's how. If I give you a hundred dollars and you borrow less than the hundred dollars, it's in your incentive to pay me back, right? Because if you don't give me back my hundred dollars, I mean, my $50 of a loan, I keep your hundred. Those are called under collateralized loans. I mean, over collateralized loans, sorry. Over collateralized means there's more collateral than your loan. So I took a hundred dollars from you to borrow. I mean, to hold as you borrowed 50, right? You pay me back my 50 plus interest. 
I give you back your hundred. So what crypto did was they started creating platforms. I think the first one was compound. And I think very quickly after was Ave. Um, and what they started to do was they started letting anybody do this. You could put up your crypto, you can lend it out and people can pay people pay you interest for doing this, right? So it's basically you created your own bank with your own assets. Just by loading your crypto onto a website, you are now a bank, right? And and the beauty of this is you don't have to chase anybody down for the money because if they don't return the loan, you keep the original amount, which is higher than what they borrowed. So that's where like, sounds genius when you think about it. And it's like, how did they never think of this in finance, traditional finance? Traditional finance actually does something different. Traditional finance goes, if you give me $100, I will lend out $1,000 to different people. And then I will give you interest based on you giving me that 100 the government lets me lend out 1000 So this is why America and a lot of countries get in trouble because they, they're lending out more money than they actually have. Versus in crypto, you can only lend out less than you actually have in certain places. There are places where you can do the same thing where you can borrow a lot more than you have, right? But in, in, in our world where I'm telling you about paying your bills and investing, this is important because let's say you have a hundred dollar bill. Let's say a cell phone, um, light bill, uh, internet bill, right? What you can do is you put $125 into your own bank. You lend $100 to yourself. You pay the bill. But you still have this original $125 that is yours collecting interest, right? But that's not where it's done. And this is where crypto is so amazing. You could take that $125 and invest it into crypto specific crypto coins, not anything. You can't do this with like Shiba and stuff like that. Bitcoin and Ethereum is what I tell people mostly to do while they're learning the system. Of course, once you get better and better, you can do more coins that are, have more possibility for growth, but um, you also need more money. You need, you need to have more money, a lot more money than your bill. But let's just take my example of $125 bill. I mean, $125 deposited into your crypto bank. And then you borrow 100, you pay that bill. Now your bill is paid. You owe yourself a hundred dollar loan. You have $125 of collateral. Now what you can do is you can, you can invest about $90 of that original 125, right? So in your collateral, what's happening is your collateral of 125 is being swapped into Bitcoin and Ethereum. And now if that Bitcoin and Ethereum go up in value, you have, you have more than the loan. Now you have a choice to make. You can either sell, pay back the loan, or just hold it and keep putting in more money and keep growing, growing your bank, right? Pros and cons. When you sell, you have made money. So your taxes. So if I put in $125 and then Bitcoin goes up to 150 and I sell it, I owe taxes on $25 because I made $25. Like if I worked in a job and that's what traders do. Traders basically do that all day, but that's treated as income. 
right? So if I made $25, it's just like if I worked a job and made $25, the government says I owe tax on $25. But if you don't sell and you just leave it, you don't owe taxes. That $125 could reach a million dollars of value and you never have to pay taxes on it because you've never sold it. Here's where I really believe this is a game changer for crypto. You can continue to borrow off of that million dollars if that happens. So if over 10, 20, 30 years you're doing this and you reach a million dollars of crypto, you can borrow off that crypto and not have any issues with a bank, right? So I'll, I'll talk about examples of different people that I know that have different setups and they are unable to borrow from their crypto. I mean, from their, not their crypto, from their assets. And this is why I really want people to understand you could take this same money you're paying your bills with and do this versus a lot of people believe they can't invest because I don't, I don't make enough to invest. I, I'm paying my bills. And then when I'm, when it, when it's over and I paid all my bills, I don't have that much left to invest. So why even do it? But if you could use that same money to invest, why wouldn't you do that? Right? So now there is a, a possibility that the price goes down. Right. So let's say I borrow 125. I, I mean, I, I put in 125 into my bank. I borrow the hundred. I put it into paying the bill. I have this 125. I start investing. I invest in Bitcoin, and Ethereum, Ethereum, Bitcoin come down. Now what happens is if my collateral reaches close enough to my loan, the, the system will take your original collateral. So what'd you lose? You lost that a little bit more that you put in, right? So if you put in an extra $25, you lost that $25 because the loan got called. So here's where what I'm doing right now is I'm creating a robot that will watch the loan and make sure you never get taken for the loan, right? So if it gets too close, it will make sure to protect your loan by swapping it to, to dollars so the crypto doesn't fall enough to ever call your loan. That's a major part of what I'm building with this bot, but it could take, it might take me a few months to have it. I mean, it's already working for me personally. I'm doing it. Um, but again, for, for, for people that don't know about building products, making something work for one person is not that difficult. Making something work for more than one person is very difficult. So that's where right now I'm building that out. Okay. So basically when you look at this idea of borrowing to pay your bills, this is not new. Um, rich people do this already right now. Like a rich person that has a bunch of real estate, a bunch of art, a bunch of, um, certain types of assets that are allowed to be borrowed against. This is what they do because they keep buying these assets. So if they make money, right? So let's take it to the, to the start. They make money. Let's say I make a million dollars in one year because I'm rich. I make a million dollars. I owe taxes. I pay those taxes. Then I buy something. I buy something with that money. Let's say it is real estate. So you put that money into real estate and the real estate grows in value over time. So as that real estate is growing in value, I can borrow off of that real estate to live, to buy more assets. And this is what rich people do over and over and over again. But regular people are not able to do this. 
until now. You can buy crypto. As that price goes up in value, you continue to borrow off of it. The difference with the old world is you have to go to a bank. You have to walk into a bank and say, hey, I have uh, $2 million in real estate. I would like to borrow $200,000, please. They will have to tell you yes or no, and they can tell you no. If you don't have a job that they feel like you can pay it back, they will tell you no. With crypto, they don't care because they don't mind if you can't pay it back. They just keep your original investment, and it's all done through code. You don't have to speak to a human being. So there's no, um, and a lot of times in, in poor communities, there's a lot of racism when it comes to getting loans and, and that is gone across the world. So there's another big part of this. This is just, I'm talking to you like an American that's doing American stuff, but imagine in a country where you have no shot, you don't even have a bank account where there's a lot of people around the world that don't even have bank accounts. Right? So imagine doing this in a way where anyone in the world can borrow off of their assets as they grow in value. And if they do tend start to fall in value, the switch is pulled and it sells enough of their um, loan to protect it. Right? So this is where, again, I, I talk about, um, I talk about um, the, the power of leveraging assets, right? And people being able to buy assets that are even leverageable. And this is where crypto versus a home or, 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 um, art, right? So the things that these rich people use to leverage, they're really hard to get to buy property, real estate. You have to have a good credit score. You have to have a good amount of money to put down. You have to have, um, a good job or they're not going to give you a, a, a real estate property, right? So look at those three things versus crypto. You can just go to Coinbase and buy $10 of crypto right now. So that's where buying that asset is much easier than buying the current types of assets that rich people use to do this kind of stuff. So this is where, for me, what I'm starting to teach people is take the money you make, lever leverage it to pay your bills, and then invest it. And if you can do this for long enough, you will start getting to a point where your assets will grow in value over time, many years, of course. But when you think about a, a retirement plan, it takes many years before a retirement plan becomes a, a number that you can retire with. Like, for instance, if you wanted to retire and you're 65, you need millions of dollars, right? Or at least hundreds and hundreds of thousands. So if you're putting in $4,000, $10,000 a year, it's going to take a while before that becomes hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that's normal. So with crypto, I think what, what one of the big things I, I have problems with when I, when I deal with people that are trying to do crypto is people expect quicker wins with crypto. They expect fast gains and that's not normal and it's not going to happen all the time. It does happen in crypto, but as fast as things rise, they also fall. So you have to really be careful about how you treat this asset class and how you view it. And this is where, again, I work with people making sure that they look at it the right way, because anybody that has a, a longer term outlook wins, right? Because if you bought Bitcoin and you said, all right, I'm, I don't plan on selling it for five, 10 years, you're doing very well right now. If you bought Bitcoin 10 years ago, you're, you're filthy rich right now. 
of course, every 10 years, it's not going to grow as much. So if you buy Bitcoin today, 10 years from now, you're not going to make the same amount as a person who bought 10 years, 10 years ago. But again, same thing will happen in 10 years. Whoever buys it then won't make as much as the person that bought it now. So this is why, again, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this recession coming and I'm saying, okay, how can I teach as many people as possible to do this? Because when the recession comes, prices should fall. And if prices fall and you can be buying up as much as possible while still paying your bills, using the same money you're paying your bills, when these prices come back up, you should have a lot more money to leverage and continue paying your bills. And if you want to, you can cash out and say, you know what? I made enough. Let me just sell it all and buy a house or live the next 10 years of my current salary. And I could quit my job. Stuff like that is very possible. Last year, if I would have been doing, I didn't think about this system. I didn't even know this was possible till about two years ago. If I would have been doing this system five years ago, Last year, I would have 46 years of my bills. Right now, I would have 13 years of my bills because the prices go up and down. So last year was a big year, 46 years of my bills. If I would have known that and I would have said, you know what, is it worth selling 40 years of and having 40 years of your bills? Of course, there are taxes that would have needed to be paid though, right? So that's another calculation that needs to be made. If I say, all right, 40 years of my bills, but the government is going to tax me 40% of this. Let's say about half 20 years of my bills. Is it worth selling? I think so. Right? Like that's, that's really good to be able to say I have 20 years of my bills, but then you got to also think about inflation, right? 20 years of your bills when inflation is growing, that's not, you know, it's going to go down. It's going to shrink from 20 years. And this is what happens to normal people who retire. They have this chunk of money. They think they could take it out, put it in their bank accounts and live the rest of their lives. But then inflation starts eating away at it, right? So this is where what rich people do is they keep the assets that go up in value over time and they borrow off of them to pay their bills. So you can do this with crypto now, right? And you don't need to be a billionaire buying real estate and art to do this, even a millionaire, right? You could be a regular person. That just buys 10, 20, $50 a month of Bitcoin and Ethereum. And if you're doing that every month for 20, 30 years, that's going to go up in value, right? And now you look at it and you look back and you say, all right, I have some, an asset that's growing in value. I'm able to borrow off of it without having to ask a bank and it stays going up while I still use the value of it in a short term though, in a short term window, it is something that you got to be careful with because like, let's say, and this actually happened to me, let's say you put in $5,000 and you borrow four and you pay, you do whatever you got to do. And the value goes up to 10. Now you're like, Ooh, it's up to 10. I could borrow another four. So you borrow the other four. So now you got an $8,000 loan, but the asset is worth 10. So you're good. Then the asset comes down really quickly and it, it calls itself and it takes your 8,000. It takes your, it takes your full bank. And again, that was because you got over, you went a little bit too crazy. And that's where the system I'm working on, it allows you to just slowly build by just paying your bills. And the more money you could bring into the system, of course it will go faster, but 
the truth is we all have to pay bills. So why not just treat this as you're paying your bills, whatever it grows to, it grows to. If you want to take extra money that you would have had anyway and invest it, treat, treat that as speculation, let that go as crazy as possible. But the longer you can keep money into a system like this, you can get to a point where you never have to worry about your bills anymore. That's why I call it retire your bills. Because if you get to a certain dollar amount in your bank, in, in crypto assets that will grow in value over time, because most of the world still is not even using cryptocurrency. Imagine when the whole world, poor countries that have no chance at buying assets, like imagine living in a place where you make $5 a month, what asset could you buy? But you could buy $5 of Bitcoin. You could. And that could go up over time versus there's really no other asset like that, like that you could just buy $5 of. And that's why I believe, I really believe everybody eventually is going to do this again, not financial advice, but I believe once the whole world sees what's possible with this, we have eight, we're going to have 8 billion people in the world soon. 1% of people, if you're in the top 1% in the world, you make like $35,000 a year to be 1% of the world. 1% in America, you need to make about, I think it's 800,000 a year now. So look at that big difference. 1% of the world, 35,000, 1% in America, 800,000, right? So when you think about all these other countries where people are really, really poor, and now they can put money into a digital asset that has the ability to grow in value. I think that's going to grow the value of the whole space by a lot. And again, I mean, nobody knows for sure. You have to bet on what you believe is going to happen. I'm betting hard on the digital asset being something that most of the world has versus something like gold. I was just researching gold because, um, you know, people ask about gold. The thing about gold is right now, if I told you go buy gold, what would you do? How, where would you even think you have to go to Google, figure out where, figure out, is it reputable, figure out, you know, how you're going to hold it, how you're going to store it, all these different options. And, and rich people love gold because it does keep value, but a regular person, a person that doesn't have a, a, a safe or, a, a, you know, a, a, a you know, a big place to keep bars of gold. What does that person do versus Bitcoin? You can have a, you can have as many Bitcoin as you want and still live in a, a one bedroom apartment because it's not physical. And I know that's part of the, 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 the problem with the way people think about things is like, if it's not physical, it doesn't have value. But you have to you have to change the way you think about that. If you really think about things now, what are the most valuable things in the world? Software. If you think about Facebook, is very valuable. There's nothing physical, right? Um, Coinbase. These are apps, apps that are valuable, right? And and would you rather a store? Even if I gave you the real estate, would you rather the store or Coinbase? or Facebook. So physical things don't mean more value. Digital things can be more valuable than physical things and by a lot. And I actually believe it's going to that direction where digital things are going to be valued more 
than physical things. And I, I kind of think we're already there, but most of the world does not see it. I, I really believe that, right? Like I used to tell people uh, probably around 20 years ago, um, I would rather own um, the dot-com of a store than a physical location, right? Like if you own the gap.com versus the gap on the, the, the biggest gap in the world, which would you rather own? I would rather own the digital gap, the gap.com, because it could have way more people come to that store 24 hours a day. So that makes it more valuable, right? If I have to have, so here's another way it makes it more valuable. If I have to have a physical location, we have employees, cleanup people, stackers, uh, I mean, stockers, um, electricity bill has to close at a certain point because people can't work 24 hours a day. Would you rather that or an online store that's 24 hours a day can ship anywhere in the world? Of course you'd rather have the, the digital. The digital is more valuable than any physical location of gap. And that happens with anything now, right? So this is where we really have to stop thinking that if it's not physical, it's not valuable. Digital things are valuable and they're going to become more and more valuable. Right. So when we look at crypto, when we look at gold versus Bitcoin. Rich people right now believe in gold because gold has historically been the store of value. But what happened was about 50, 60 years ago, America said, we're not connecting our money to gold anymore. They got off what's called the gold standard. So now what that means is our dollars are not connected to gold. Right. It has nothing to do with gold. So what is what is the value of gold in that in that case? Right. Like, does it matter for the dollar? And then you think about usability. If I walked around with a bar of gold to pay for something, who's going to take that? Right. Hey, you know what? I want to buy these bag of chips. I got this bar of gold is worth a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred, whatever it is. Can you like cut off a little piece so I could buy this bag of chips? And I know Bitcoin, same thing. People are like, yeah, but what about Bitcoin? Same exact idea. Yeah, but with Bitcoin and decentralized finance, I could borrow 50 cents off of that Bitcoin and Ethereum, send it to a debit card and swipe it and pay for that bag of chips. All this could happen in, in minutes, less than minutes. And I've done it. I do it every day. When the world is able to do that, what do you believe they're going to do more? Carry around bars of gold? Or have digital assets where you can do what I just said. I believe it's a no-brainer. But again, everybody needs to make their own decision. That's why they say, do your own research. Part of what I'm telling you, I'm telling you my research and what I believe. But you can't take what people believe and just take it as your belief. You have to do your own research. Say what you believe. Because there's people who, they still believe gold is going to be the thing. And they could be right. I could be right. Something else could happen where we're both wrong. Who knows? But at the end of the day, everybody's working every day of their life to create money and hopefully one day not have to work anymore, right? So if everybody's on that same trajectory to try to get to work every day to get to a point where I don't have to work anymore, what are you doing to get to that point where you don't have to work anymore? Right now, 
the current things are, I got a 401k. So every year, my job gives me, they match my 401k. But right now there's limits to the 401k. The government says you can invest up to 10% of your, I think it's 10% of your salary into your 401k every year. And then if you have a company that's willing to match, it's up to them. They'll say how much they're willing to match, all that. So let's say you're a regular person in, in America, you make, let's say uh, 40K and you're able to invest 4K a year and your, your bank, I mean, your, your company matches, um, let's say 4K too, even though not always the case, but whatever, that's 8,000 a year you get to invest. So now if you invest 8,000 a year for, I'm going to pull up a compound interest calculator and do the math real quick. You invest $8,000 a year, which most people are not doing. But let's say zero investment up front. I'm not going to show this on screen, but I'll do it real quick. Um, 8,000 a month. I mean, 8,000 a year for, let's say, 20 years. Um, hold on one second. 8,000 divided by 12. That's $666 a month. And let's say um, you invest that in the stock market, which grows about eight to 12% a year. So I'll, I'll, I'll bring it high to 10%. Now that means in 20 years, you will have 450K, right? So now if you wanted to retire, here's what, what happens. You can sell off pieces of it over time. Well, every time you sell off a piece, you pay taxes. So let's say you reach the age where you don't know, you no longer have to pay a penalty. If you sell it before your retirement age, you have to pay a penalty. So let's say you are already 65 plus and they're going to raise the retirement age too. So let's say you get to that number and you want to take out 50 K. All right. 50 K minus taxes. Let's say it's about 40%. That's messed up. Right? So that means You've been saving all this time. Every time you want to use it now, it's like income. That's the normal way versus with crypto. Let's say you did the same thing. You invested 8,000 a month. I mean, a year. It grew the same amount, 10% a year, which I believe you can invest more than 8,000. If you use your bills as leverage, you can, I believe crypto is going to gain more than 10% a year. It has been growing hundred percent a year on average for, by the time it gets to 10% a year, talking about many years from now. Okay. So hope, I mean, maybe not financial advice. So let's say you had the same 450, but it was in crypto. I don't have to sell it. I could leave it growing at 10% a year. And I'm going to show you something. If it's growing at 10% a year and I'm at 450 and I say, all right, you know what? I want to send 50 K this year. Instead of selling 50 K, I borrow 50 K. So now I borrow 50 K. But that 450, let me show you what that will become in 10 more years. Well, let me tell you what it will become in 10 more years. In 10 more years, because I didn't have to sell it, I was just borrowing off of it. That became $1.3 million. But again, that means I am still investing 8,000 a year. If I'm continuing to invest 8,000 a year, it becomes 1.3 million. So what could you do? You can borrow enough to pay your bills, 
and borrow enough to pay the 8,000 to invest the 8,000, right? And if you're doing that, the numbers weigh our gainings. And that's just with 10%. I actually believe it's going to be much higher than that, right? And again, that's up to you to do your own research. And this is why using your bills to leverage and, and buy assets to me is a no brainer. It's just right now I'm to the point where I'm trying to figure out how to explain it to people. And of course I'm teaching people at retiredbills.com and I'm building a, a, an AI, a robot that will do this automatically for you. But again, you could do it yourself by hand. I've been doing it myself by hand for, for two years now, almost two years. Um, I think in February becomes two years, right? So this is possible right now. I'm trying to do my best of getting as many people to understand and do it. You go to retireyourbills.com. It is, I'm trying to start having content that is dedicated to making sure people are doing it. When you sign up for the email, I email you the steps. First step. So I'm going to tell you the steps even right now. First step is you have to have probably a Coinbase or some type of crypto account where you could turn dollars from your bank into USDC. USDC is the current dollar versus coin, right? So every USDC is a, is a verse of, is a version of a dollar. And this is backed by the government. So it's not like any of these crypto scams. The government literally watches that every USDC is $1. They are a publicly traded company and the government watches them. So it's not risky. If you do this on places like Coinbase, Coinbase will even give you interest. I think it's 5% interest versus your bank is not giving you 5% interest. All right. So first step, you got to be able to set up a Coinbase account. And I got links wherever you're watching this, there's links to my Coinbase um, affiliate. You get $10 of free Bitcoin. If you do it on, on retirebills.com too, you get $10 of free Bitcoin. If you open up a Coinbase account. Okay. So. Once you have your Coinbase account, now you have to have a place to store your crypto off of Coinbase because it's on Coinbase. You can do some of the stuff I'm talking about, but you can't do what I'm talking about. You, you can keep it on Coinbase. You can even borrow off of Bitcoin, but it works very, very different. I've had people that have done that and they get caught up in, in bad things as well. I don't teach that. All right. So you got Coinbase now. Now you need to figure out where you're going to store the crypto when you send it off Coinbase. There's two options. The first option for me for easiest use is MetaMask. Most people use MetaMask. It's free. You create a wallet. You can do it on your phone or your computer. MetaMask creates a decentralized wallet where you put your money in and nobody can touch it unless they have your passwords. So you have to be very careful about your passwords when you have a MetaMask wallet. With any type of crypto wallet, you have to be careful but especially MetaMask, you can click a link, you can download a software, open an EXE file, and they can hack your MetaMask wallet. This is why I tell people use a ledger. Ledger, that could happen, and your ledger would not get corrupted because your ledger never puts your password on a computer. What's happening when hackers hack MetaMask wallets is they're hacking your password, which is on your computer somewhere with, because of MetaMask. Ledger, it's not on your computer, so they can hack it all you want. They find your actual password. That's a whole nother thing. Or if you lose your password, that's a whole nother thing. So you want to figure out how to keep that password safe on a ledger, and then you're good. 
I, I recommend Ledger. And again, you go to msw.li slash ledger or lowercase. You can you get to Ledger. And if you want to set up a Coinbase where you get the $10 free Bitcoin, you go to msw.li slash Coinbase. All right. So second step, you set up a wallet where you're going to store this. So like I, like I like to call it, there's different phases. The first phase is fund. So you got to, you got to fund your wallet through the bank account. Second is store. You got to store it somewhere. You're going to store it on a MetaMask wallet or a ledger wallet, or there's other wallets. I just recommend MetaMask and ledger because that's what I've used. Then the next thing you want to do, you want to get to the point where, hold on, sorry. I was, um, now you can deposit money into your bank. Right. So now you can take money again, bring it through Coinbase, deposit it into your bank whenever you want. So you can either bring that Bitcoin, Ethereum, the different coins you can do that with. And again, there's a lot to it. And this is why I teach people. Up. But again, I'm trying to give the quick version for this, this um, type of content. Right. So once you once you have that, once you have deposited, I mean, deposited money into your crypto wallet, now you can deposit it on the place where you can lend it out in a decentralized manner. It's called Aave. There's, there's different places you can do this, but I use Aave. Aave has been the strongest, has the most money. There's billions of dollars. At this point right now, there's I think $7 billion in Aave of people doing this. Last year, there was like 40, six and a, six and a half billion dollars of people doing this right now. So if you're worried about your money, I doubt you got $606 billion. And if you do, hire me. Um, so let's say you do have a, you know, a hundred dollar bill and you bring in 125, you will basically be putting it on Ave and then borrowing a hundred dollars from yourself and then paying the bill. And then in Ave, so then, so then you pay the bill by paying the bill. There's many different ways you could do that. But the easiest way to do it is send the money back to Coinbase and use your debit card, right? So if you get the Coinbase debit card, you can just send the money back as USDC. So you borrow $100 of USDC, you send it back to your Coinbase card and swipe. And now you just use your money, right? So there's other ways and you know, I go deep into that in the class and stuff, but that's the easiest way. Um, there's actually software that already exists that allows you to pay straight through MetaMask. Um, but there's fees to everything. So you got to kind of do your own research and pros and cons. All right. So now that you paid, you deposited your money, you borrowed, you paid your bill. Now you can invest, right? So again, you go into your collateral and you say, you know what? Today I want to buy $50 of Bitcoin or $25 of Ethereum or $5 of each. You do that. With your own bank. So now you're changing your collateral from $125 to let's say a hundred of USDC and 25 of Bitcoin and Ethereum. Now you keep doing this and eventually Bitcoin rises last week. Bitcoin rise a lot and Ethereum did too. If that happens, that's up to you. You could sell a little bit more, pay back your loan or keep it as USDC. There's many, many options. This, again, this is what I teach people how to think about it and what they, they decide what to do. And again, I am making an automation that will allow you to just let it do its, do its own thing. But the core of all of this is 
Right now, there is a way to use the same money you use to pay your bills, to invest, and it's not that difficult. I really hope you take me up on going to retireyourbills.com and just try it. With you could do it. I've had kids in the South Bronx do this with five dollars. You could do this with any amount of money. You do not need a lot of money. MetaMask is free. Coinbase is free. You got to buy Bitcoin. Yeah. All right. So you buy $5. You can do this whole thing that I said with $5. Try it out with $5. You, all right. So, but now a bill, let's say you got a bill. You try to do this with a Netflix bill. You put in $20. You borrow, I think it's 15. I think I paid 15 for my Airbnbs. Borrow 15. Send it to Coinbase card, have Coinbase, have the, the Netflix bill come out of Coinbase, pay the Coinbase, the bill through Coinbase. Now you got $20. You could borrow, you could invest $10, $15 in Bitcoin and Ethereum every month. Eventually over time, that little bill could turn into a lot of money just because you did this extra little step. And I know, I know, I know it's like, yeah, but I don't really have time for this. I don't want to do it. You, you're going to regret having heard this and not trying it. Because over time, I told you last year, if I would have been doing this for the last five years, I would have 46 years of my bills in a, in a bank that I control. I could have borrowed off of that, 400, that 46 years of bills. I could have sold it. I could have done a, I had all the options where I didn't have to speak to a bank owner. I didn't speak to a trader. I didn't have to speak to a retirement account specialist. It was all under my control. And that was another big thing that when I saw all of this happen, it's good to see that money can grow that fast. Right. And that's the thing, right? With rich people, they understand that we don't is money is not made by working. Money is made by investing in things that grow in value. That's the most way people make money. The poorest people in the world make their money by working. The rich people in the world make money by investing in things that grow in value. So you want to start to understand that world because the least you understand that world, the more hours of your life you're going to have to work. So again, I think everyone should try even with the smallest bill they have just to see and see the power of all of this decentralized finance. I know you, most people may think crypto is a scam. I don't believe in it. I don't trust it. Warren Buffett says the only risk is because you don't know from not knowing that's why it's a risk. So if you try it and you understand it, yeah, there's scams in everything. There's scams in banks. There's scams in trading accounts. There's scams in unions. In, in, in pensions, every, there's scams all over. You can't just think because one company or five companies did something and then the news pumped it up. That's the whole industry. Decentralized finance had nothing to do with any of that. That was just crypto in the old, it was like a wolf in sheep's clothing, basically. They were saying it was crypto, but it was a centralized entity doing stuff with your money that you had no clue. In decentralized finance, I, there's nothing that can be done. If it's my wallet address, I could see everything happening in my wallet address. So even if somebody was able to hack my account, I could see what address it went to. 
And eventually you could give that to the cops and they could try to find that person that stole it from you. Of course, it's going to take time and stuff like that and may never find it. But at least this, it's not like what people think. So part of me wants to get people to just start trying it with a little bit of money and just see the power. And I know I'm very, very early. A big thing about um, startups and technology is there's something called an adoption curve. And the adoption curve is very few people, early adopters are using it here. Then a lot of people start using it and it starts to get big and very popular. And then it, it, it levels off. And now the, the last set of people start doing it. We are very early in the adoption curve of crypto. Like we're like in the beginning, but that's where the opportunity is, right? So if you bring in money and then all these people bring in money, your money grows. So this is why on a user experience level, my challenge is to make it easy enough for an early adopter to do this before the masses get into it. And of course, if the masses get into it while using my product, even better. But for right now, if you get in right now, even without using my product and start doing this, you could be pretty well off in, in the next 10, 20 years versus hoping you, you're able to put enough in your 401k, 10%. So this is a major difference. You could put 10% of your um, earnings into a 401k a year. With what I'm saying, you can invest 70% of the money you use to pay your bills. And more, if you wanted to take that, you know, go that far with it, you can invest 70% of the money you use to pay your bills. So that turns out to be a lot more than 10% of your earnings, right? Most people spend 50% or more on their bills of what they earn. So imagine being able to spend, invest 70% of the 50, that's still more than 10. So that means you'll get closer to your goal faster. Also, again, I believe crypto will grow faster than stocks and real estate. But again, that's my own personal belief. You have to believe what you believe and do what you think. I think um, my main goal of this episode was just to explain the, the, the parts where I know people ask like, okay, the loan, what, you know, what, why do I have to take out a loan? The reason you have to take out a loan is because you can't use the money twice without the loan. If you bring in that money, and you just use it, it's gone. So one, one person said, why not just put the 125, not put the 100, pay my bill and just put 25 and not take any loan. And I said, okay, you could do that. Just put $25 a month versus if I take the 125, I put an extra 25 in, I'm able to invest more than three times more than you a month. So you rather not invest three times more because you're scared of a loan that has no bearing on your credit. It has no connection to anything anywhere other than that asset that you put in to borrow against it. So really you, it's really a no brainer in my opinion to, to invest 25 extra dollars with the, with the ability to invest 90 a month versus 25 a month. Why not do that? Okay. The, the, the market could drop and you could lose that all of it, but you only invested $25. And again, when I, when my software works, that won't be able to happen. I'm going to have a way to say when it hits this protect all day, every day, protect it. Right. So 
again, that may take a while. It's actually working for me right now. But again, for me to make it for the public, it costs a lot of money. And I got to gotta figure out how to do it or raise funds for it. And I don't want to do that too early because, again, if I do it too early and I don't have enough money to wait and wait out the adoption curve for many, many people to come in and do it, I will go out of business, right? So if I, if I have to pay whatever a month to keep this system going, but it's going to take me five years before the rest of the world catches up and they, they, it starts making enough to pay the cost, then the company goes out of business. So I got to really play that timing game really efficiently. And right now I'm just the only one using it and I'll teach people how to do it by hand until I see enough people willing to use it. That's covering the cost of what it's going to cost me to build it and maintain it. Right. Um, so right now, of course I'm building it, but the cost to maintain it, I gotta, I gotta make sure that, you know, we're covered. So that on that note, um, thank you. If you watched anytime or you listened, anytime you did that, um, please follow me anywhere, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I mostly spend a lot of time on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, but, um, Everywhere else I am posting a lot and I do, and LinkedIn again is a big one. Um, I do want to help in explaining this. So if you didn't understand something, please DM me, tweet me, whatever. I really need to make sure this is simple enough for people to understand. I know I'm not there yet. So why I do all this content is to try to educate one person at a time. I don't care if only one person is watching and understands this one person at a time. I don't need billions of people to do this for, for the company to be profitable and, and sustain itself. I think I only need about a thousand users. That's not that hard. I can do that. I'll, I'll literally onboard a thousand people myself. Again, it's just a matter of time. So, um, if you are interested in understanding more, go to retireyourbills.com. and thank you for watching and hopefully you have a good weekend. Peace.